0: I wanted to bring him here so that you also could meet, meet Brother Jean-Marc. We are truly grateful for what God is doing. Uh, the province of Quebec itself, the province of Quebec is in Canada. And in this one province, the lostness is 99.3%. So if you can just imagine that, 99.3% lost. Only 0.7% are evangelical in the province of Quebec. So a lot of people who need to know Jesus. But here's the good news is that God is at work and he's doing some amazing things in that province today. And John Mark is a part of that and we're grateful for it. Uh, He's here today to share with us. I want you to know that his mother language is Creole from Haiti. He's from Haiti. And then he learned French and then he learned English. And so when he speaks to you, uh, just keep that in mind. All right. He's also uh, learning how to speak Spanish and Greek and Hebrew, uh, so I, I know I feel ashamed that I only know English, right? <laughs> but nevertheless, we're truly grateful for him being here. His he has a wife, Mary. He's going to show some pictures here in a few minutes. Uh, his wife, Myra, and they have four precious children, and they've allowed him to be with us, him to be with us this week, and so we're grateful, grateful that he's willing to go in a dark place for the kingdom. Because he knows the King, King Jesus. So, would you please give a warm welcome to Jean-Marc Princeville as he comes and shares with us? Thank you.
1: Uh, Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much. This is a a privilege to be here. Uh, Thank you. I love the band. I wish that you could could come to play for us, <laughs> and French, so you can learn uh, how to sing in French. Um, thank you, thank you, uh, Pastor Joy. I, I love this guy, I love, I love Pastor Joy. I love his heart, his heart. You, you have uh, a blessed man uh, and this church, Jesus, uh, thank you. Thank you for the privilege to come to share uh, what the Lord has put uh, And my heart and I want also to thank uh, my brother uh, Robin and his wife his children I love the family thank you and they're so so nice I wish that I could have those people in my church that would be awesome uh thank you to to, um brother Joe I really appreciate uh your desire to help us accomplish our uh mission uh for the glory of God and and Sherbrooke Quebec um I'm so blessed to be here uh, this morning, and thank you uh, for your prayers. Thank you for your for your help, and thank you for um, give uh, giving uh, Pastor uh, Joey's and uh, to come to Canada and to help us a little bit also in the church. So, also the church say hi to you. Um, so when I speak, I think and and I'm think in Creole. I translate it in French, and after that it. The outcome is in English, so. <laughs> so, I'm um, like a computer when you hit uh, something, enter, and the tr- the information is like you know. <laughs> it's like typing a texto, and you hit send, and poof, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I will um, show you a picture of my wife, uh, Myra, uh, a beautiful wife. That's the Lord reserved just for me. I do believe that when Jesus was created her, there is just a thought, poop, Jean Marc. He was just <laughs> thinking about me. So yeah. Um her uh, her father is from uh Republic Republic Central Africa and her mother is from Quebec, um from the north of uh Quebec. And we have uh we've been married for now fourteen years. And June, we will, we will uh, celebrate our 15 years together, and we are blessed with four kids: uh, Noah, Eloise, Anael, and Kira. So Noah is um, is 13 years old. Um, Eloise will turn nine. Anael 11, and Kira six. So Noah is. Um, I think he would, he, if he was here, he would be so happy because he he loves to play music. He he knows uh, he knows how to play guitar. Um, piano and violin. And Eloise is uh, learning piano, cello. Uh, Kiria is, um, Anael is learning piano and alto, violin, alto. And Kiria is learning um, violin and also piano. So the reason why, you know, when you are a church planter. (laughs) Oh, you got it, right? (laughs) When you're a church printer, you don't have musician. Right. (laughs) So we when I look at the four, I said, Wow, a band is right here. So we have (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing. So I'm just pushing them to to know how to play some instruments. So yeah. So that's the thing. So you can pray for us. (laughs) Um I want to show you also a picture of uh, Canada. Uh, you can see um, Canada is north. Right now, it is below zero, okay? It's cold, a lot of snow, see? So, uh, I was, my brain is, is having a hard time of processing the temperature because usually in February, not having a coat is like, okay, it's not right. See? It is not right. So, yeah. So um, you will see the uh, the province also. You uh, um, has a brother. Um, the other card, the other map. You can see that we are over uh, close to 30 million with less than so 0.7 percent of evangelical Christian. So it's it's great field of mission. Um, so the province of Quebec, the other the other one. You can see where the province of Quebec is. You have uh, Canada on red, Ontario, uh, Quebec. So if you go like down below, you will see Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada. And, and just a little bit on your left, you will see uh, Sherbrooke, just up Montreal. Um, so the other map, you will see a little bit, just give you a little bit of details from Montreal. So uh, Montreal, uh, Sherbrooke is about uh, two hours drive from Montreal, so Highway 10. And uh, Sherbrooke is close to Vermont. If you, on the, the other map, you will see uh, the, the other one. So you will see if you want to drive just nonstop, it will take around 12 hours. But if you stop, it will be more. So, <laughs> so that's my address. <laughs> My address, so to go. So I didn't drive. So you know, you were kind enough to um, help me taking the plane. So I'm blessed. Great. <laughs> um, you know, um, I'm not good in English, but if there is something that I would like you to take away with, one thing: that the Lord is crazy about you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much there is no one on earth in any other country, any other nations, even your father, your mother, your children, your relatives, even our soldiers that are outside to fight for, for our freedom, they cannot love you the way that Lord, our Lord loves you. There is no one on earth. There is no one on earth that can love you the way that the great I Am loves you. If you don't understand the rest, that's okay. (laughs) He loves you so much. And today I would like to share with you, I call it recalibration. Why recalibration? We need to um, recalibrate ourselves we need to recalibrate our value. We need to recalibrate our identity. We need to know who God really is and who we really are and what our destiny is, what is our mission here on earth. But if we don't know who God really is, if we don't know who we really are, we will spend our time running after greens We will run, wasting our time running after people to love us. Other things, having beautiful houses, cars, money, whatever. We will run, we will waste our time for these things. Those things are not bad, but they are not the main thing in our life. But we need to understand who God really is and who we really are and what is our mission on earth. What is our mission on earth? I think in a society we are fighting the wrong enemy. We are fighting in America the wrong enemy. The enemy is not people. The enemy is sin. That's the sin. That's the enemy. Enemy is sin, people. That's, that's the problem. It's sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. Do you know why? Because if we remove sin, what would happen? It would be so beautiful again it would be so perfect again if we just remove sin. You know, when, when someone has cancer, you go to the hospital, you have those treatments, you lose all your hair. And after that, all the hair will back again, and life will start again. As soon as we remove the cancer, you will start to live again, beautiful again. Doing thing again. Sin is the problem. And when we read the book of Genesis, whatever the book that we will read in the Bible, we need to put our 3D glasses on. Three dimension. Right? The, th- the first dimension, what is it? The first dimension is the story itself. You know, while the God was creating the Earth, he was the only one who was there. right? Amen. No one was there. That's the, the story itself. And after that, you have He, he created um, all the earth, uh, the, the, the animals, the plants and, and those kind of stuff, and after that he would create um, Adam and Eve, you know and that's the first dimension, right? And the second dimension is to whom the story was written, right? So you have, in that case, in Genesis, the second dimension was the people of Israel. The, the, the people was Isra- uh, of Israel, was, uh, they were slaved in Egypt, and God chose Moses and sent him to free them from slavery, Right? And the third dimension is us who is reading the story of the story. So we have three dimensions. And, and also when we are at the second dimension, there are three other dimensions that we have to consider. So those three dimensions and the second dimension is the culture. Because they, 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 they had their, their culture, right, um, at the time that Moses was written the text. They had the way of learning, their knowledge, their literacy, those kind of stuff, uh, the way that they used to, to write. And also they, they had their tradition, right? So we need to understand those things. So we have three dimensions, and, and the second dimension, you have three other dimensions that we have to consider, so, in the second dimension, you know what those people—the people of the of Israel—they were slaves in Egypt. And the Lord, the story starts with Moses. You know, the uh, with Moses when the Lord uh, reveals himself to Moses um, in the Mount of Sinai, and 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 the, for the first time, because Moses didn't know God well, so the Lord will start to reveal to him has the Great I am, the greater of the greater, and this is where I do believe Moses will start to write the five first book of the Bible. And during the um, his way in the desert, he before he he died, he would complete to write uh, those books. So we have to understand that when we read Genesis, when we uh, read Exodus, those people, they didn't have any identity. They were slaves. They didn't have um, um, a way of managing the time because they uh, they belonged to someone else and doing what the master was asking them to do. So they didn't have any social security, any laws to protect them. They didn't have anything. Imagine having over 2 million people taking them from another country without nothing and put them in a place. What do you think that will happen? It would be chaos. They wouldn't know how to treat one another. They didn't know their value. They didn't know their identity. Even that you would free them from slavery, they wouldn't have any idea of you know, leading themselves. So, because the Lord wanted to use them for a greater purposes. The Lord wanted to transform them into uh, the, of, and the greatest nation ever. And also, from this nation, the Lord will allow his son to come and this world and to save from. The, slavery, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing, slavery of all, sin. So we have to take the time and read the book and that perspective in order to understand. You know, some people are, are wasting their time of, was it created in six days? It was not the purposes of the book. It was not a book to prove science. It was not written for those fellows that has PhDs. <laughs> it was not written for that. It was written to reveal the greatest I am, the most powerful, the most highest one. That's the reason why. And also, to, it's like writing the constitution of a nation. Because the Lord was had in mind to to have a people, to have a nations. And to have a nations, you need to have a constitution. How you must live. And the first book is like a constitution of the nation of Israel. So imagine those people that didn't have any identity, any values, any sense of life, because they were slaves, they were belonged to someone else, and now they will belong to the greater one for purposes so they had to understand themselves they had to understand that God they had to understand their mission because mission does not start only in the New Testament mission starts right at the beginning of creation so in Genesis 1 verse 25, 27, when the Lord finished, you know, put yourself in their shoe, right? They were slaves, slave and they were the one who was listening to Moses explaining this story. Right? Imagine yourself in their shoe listening to Moses reading the one who is, he wrote the text and he was explaining and giving them the right thing they were listening to that okay so and moses start with verse one and the beginning in the beginning the great i am the most powerful one the one who loves you created the earth and the heavens in the beginning god creates the earth and the beginning. And Moses continued, he created all the trees and all, all his works. He created the plants, the fruits, the animals. And, and verse 25, I want you to focus on according to their kinds. Okay? Verse 25 said, God made the wild animals according to their kinds. The livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God said that it was good, it was perfect, imagine yourself in a garden, no sin. Nothing, no illness. You cannot die. Cannot get hurt. You can go in the mountain and throw yourself. You couldn't, you couldn't die. Because the gravity had to respect you. Because you were created to dominate the gravity. Now we don't dominate nothing. Nothing at all even the bugs will bite us this is not right it was not supposed to be like that we will get uh, sick and the snow I can't dominate the snow it's so cold I need I need coat and during the during the winter it's too hot I, I had to remove the, the clothes. As we don't dominate nothing at all. The nature does not respect us anymore. No respect for all. For us. Nothing respects us. Verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man, mankind in our image and our likeness so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image and the image of God. He created them, male and female. He created them. Why? To rule, to dominate. Over everything. That was his purpose. He created everything. And the questions that I would like to ask. Those. They, they were listening to Moses. They were slaves. No identity. Nothing. They had one thing in mind. Just survive. Doing their thing. Work. Work work, work like crazy. They're preoccupied by, you know, their children, their daily life. They were not preoccupied by God. And the questions that I would like to ask, today, if we come in the third dimension, today we are listening to that same story how would we describe us? Who are we as church? Who am I? What is my or our responsibility in this world? And it seems that we have forgotten or lost what God wanted us to be and to do in this world. It seems that we need to be recalibrated. We have so many things in our mind. While I'm talking to you, some people are thinking, oh, what i am going to eat tonight? <laughs> so many things in our head. Projects. Plans. We are worries. You know, we need to... Be refocused. We need to be recalibrated. We need to have an identity that is recalibrated. What happens when our identity is well calibrated? Our life is recalibrated. Our value and dignity are recalibrated. Our missions and destiny are also recalibrated. And we need to ask yourself... We need to ask ourselves: Who are we? Who am I? How do you define yourself as a human being? How do you define yourself? Do you? Do we define define ourselves just as I I don't know, a Canadian, um, an American? Is it what def- really, really define you, define us? Is it just would we define us as just who are you? I'm an American. I mean, Canadian, a British, or Scottish. Is it what really define us as people? We live in a society in, in a radical change. Each one is looking for their own meaning of life, value, freedom, self-love, self-justice, self-identity. We all want to look good in the eyes of others. We want to feel good about ourselves and what we do. There is an author who names Peter Scazzero. He said, we all need to feel important and, and accepted. The image we have of ourselves is often determined by the approval or rejection of people around us. Our family, our, our peers, our fellow workers, our classmates or even our Christian friends, we tend to act and talk in a way that wins people's approval. Because if we don't know who we are, if we don't know who God is, we need to be approved. we need approval by others to feel good about ourselves. And we transpose this way of doing things into our relationship with God. We think that we can surprise God, we can impress God. It seems to us necessary to win at all costs the acceptance of God. When we don't know who God is and who we really are, we want to gain that. We live in this society that seems to be lost and a quest for value and dignity. Most of our actions seems to be motivated by the desire to be important. Through the eyes of others, we want each one to look at us and to say, "Ah, oh, this man, this woman is good." And when the person said that, "You are good," I'm, you feel good. And the person said, "You are bad," oh, you feel bad. Depression, low self esteem. And we would do things just to gain their appreciation. We seek to define ourselves in the image of others instead of defining ourselves in the person of God. We feel good when the other of the society perceives me as good, or we feel bad when they perceive us as bad. And the first thing that I want to share with you today is that your true value and dignity is not is not in anything here below on earth. You will never, ever, ever, I will push the button, ever find your true value here on earth. It's impossible. It is It is a lost cause. You will never find it here on this earth. You will only find it in God. Secondly, you cannot know who you really are if you do not know who God is. Thirdly, God is the only one who can tell you who you really are no one else only God can tell you who you really are only God can define you only him alone can tell you who you really are when you know who God is and who you really are and him your life will be transformed your eyes will be opened about your true purpose in this world your mission on earth will make a sense will make sense and your true destiny will also be clear and when you look at someone you will see that person the same way the Lord see them even that they're a sinner and you will not see that person as bad you will see what sin did to that person and you will have a heart a true heart for mission because when, if you really love God, you see that He created that person in His image, and you see what sin did to the image of God, do you know what you will have in your heart? You will not stay in peace. You would pray for the Lord to change that person. Because if you really love God, that's what you would do. When you understand that, what is my prayer? My prayer is that the Spirit of God may open our eyes again and again to see the way He sees. So, we, you may see yourself as God sees you. You may understand that your true identity, your dignity, your life, everything that you are and have and is in Jesus. So, you may recalibrate all your actions according to who God is and what He is calling you to be and to do. So you may live adequately the purpose of your existence and your mission till the end of your time here. Your time will end. My time will end. All the things that we have will be destroyed. The only thing that will remain is who you are in God. So we need to focus on that again and again. Recalibration. Let's go back to our text. When God finished to create everything, he said, let us make man. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. I have so many things to, to that we can discuss in this text, but I want to focus on only one thing. God said, let us make men. Let us make men because He has a plan. You know, whenever that you have a project, it's because you have something in mind. You will never... Have a project because you don't... Just for the fun of it? Just for the fun of No. If you want to go to school, it's because you would like to become someone. You would like to do something. Right? If you have a project, it's because you have something in mind. And when the Lord said, let us make men in our image, it's because He had something in mind. He has a mission. He has a goal. He has something that He wants to realize. And how will he did it? Because he know exactly what he wants to do. Genesis two verse seven will give you will give us um, uh, some more details on uh, how he did it. And if if we want to define someone, it's I think Genesis two verse seven is the best definition ever of. Every human, every person, God will use two ingredients to make that beauty. The first one, the first ingredient is the dust of the ground, and the second ingredient is His breath. His breath. Because He said that he wants someone and his image. How would you do that? His own breath. That's the ingredients. He made man, the first man, the first one, and his image. According to his image and his likeness. If we would like to describe an image, you know what? You have some pictures, some self-selfie pictures, right? And get some selfie, and after that, like on and Facebook, and you feel good. Yay! I have two thousand likes. Wow! I am someone because they love my portrait. It's not yourself. They see your picture because the picture is not yourself. You are yourself. Are you agree with that? Right. So an image, what is an image? An image is a representation, a replica of a being. a picture or a portrait, a reflection of the other. Resemblance. What is it? Is, resemblance is a similarity, it could be physically, a spiritually or behaviorally appearance between two beings. Do you understand? The image is not God. God is God, and Adam was the image of God. Adam was not created to be God. Adam was created to be the image of God. Because the Lord has purposes. And let go, let, let's go a little bit deeper. Could you imagine the Lord of Lord, the great I am, the one who is light, the God that is spirit, the God that is love, infinite, eternal, the one that is unchangeable, the one who is wisdom, holiness. Um, the Bible describes God as a consuming fire, the truth, the justice, God, goodness, the one who is power, power. Decided to create someone in his image. You know, sometimes we would describe God as infinite. Do you think that is right? Do you think that describing God as an infinite being is a good definition of God? Do you think that? I don't, I don't think that. I don't think we can describe God as infinite. It's not right. Maybe you say, Oh, what is saying this guy? Just an example. You know, our rocket science said those who has PhD, that said that the universe is infinite. Are you agree with that? Is it okay? And math, they explained us that the universe is infinite. Who created the universe? God. So God must be greater than infinite to create what is infinite. Are you agree with that? So God is greater than infinite. God is way better than that. God is way more powerful than that. He is more powerful perfect than that. He is more beautiful than that. And that God decided to create you and his image. Don't you get it? God wanted to have a multitude of beings, including you and his image and his likeness you know what happened being and his image and his likeness would make each being a part of the animals worthy able to enter in a perfect relationship with him to be able to work has his, doing thing, to be able to accomplish the un unimaginable has his creator. And God, the Bible said that God blessed them. He blessed Adam and Eve. He told them to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, to submit it, and to dominate over all things. You know what? For me, I think that the science is not advanced enough. The science is not advanced enough. It is a shame for us to be in the image of God. Look at where we are. Look at where we are. You understand that sin is the problem. We are not the problem. Look at where sin put us. We were created to fill the earth, to submit it, to dominate over everything, to develop it, to make it beautiful, to make, to make it like heaven on earth. That's the thing. Because when you, we imagine earth, Paul said that, he had a vision, and he didn't have the word to describe it. It was so wonderful, it was so beautiful, it was so awesome, he didn't have enough words to describe it. And that was the responsibility that the Lord gave to Adam and Eve and to their children to develop the earth the same way God developed the heaven because he made them in his image. That was the plan. And we know that Adam and Eve didn't make the right decision Adam and Eve decided to follow Satan, their his their friends instead of following God and his plan. What was the thing? Satan had his plan because he was so beautiful. He had all the power. He has he had powers, wealth, glory, and because of that, he thinks that he would be better than being God. And he would reproduce that and the creation of God. He would reproduce that in the heart of Eve and Adam. He would, his uh, strategic is was to attack two fundamental things. Attacking the truth about God and, attack and destroying our own, their identity. You know, what happens when you believe in a lie? What happens when you believe in a lie? You think that it is true. And you will act on that. A falsification and distortion of truth about God and about our true identity would lead to sin and to poor decision making. From the moment we believe in a lie, everything changes. From the moment that we believe in something that is not true, everything changes. That's what Satan did. That's what he believed. He believed that he is too beautiful, too powerful, too awesome. He would need more like. Instead of worshiping the one that is the almighty one, the one that is greater than infinite, think he thinks that he would take his place. What, what are the consequences? Of believing and a lie, the truth about God and our identity are falsified and also altered, which lead to bad decision making, which will lead will impact our true freedom, our true purposes, satisfaction, values, worthiness, relationship with God and others, this who is the sources of life and happiness. And everything that is perfect is totally lost. That's what happens when we think that we can take the place of God. We will lose everything. God created the earth to be perfect. The same way He is perfect. But He didn't create man to be God. Who Himself alone is God. And today because we have lost. The best thing ever that a father can give to his children. The best thing that God can give to his creation. Today we have something that we don't want. Sin. And there's something that we are longing for that we don't have. Perfection. I don't want sin, but I want perfection. I don't have perfection, but I have sin. And because of that, each and everyone is hiding behind something to boost themselves and to fill their spiritual emptiness. Because we have lost the best thing ever, the relationship, the, lo- the love, and the affection of our Creator, our Father. And some would, ha- would hide before uh, behind money false love, achievement, culture, religion, power, education, wealth, science, knowledge, development, languages, nationality, traditions, many other idols, because we think that those things can fill that emptiness in us. I have an example of someone who was hiding behind those things, Paul. And Ephesians 3, verse 4, 8 he said, Paul was once hiding and putting his confidence in the, in the flesh, the circumcision on the eight days, the fact that he was from the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, and in regards to the law, a Pharisee has for zeal, persecuting of the church, and as for righteousness based on the law of faultness. But, but when he, he met the one who is perfect. The one who is awesome. The one who has the most like ever. He considered he, he consider these things as nothing. When he realized the perfection of Jesus. The excellency of the excellency. When he discovered Jesus Christ, he considered everything like nothing. Nothing. He considered everything like nothing. When he realized what the Lord was preparing for him, the glory that Christ is preparing for him, he didn't have even a word to describe the wealth. That God is preparing for him. He considered what he had like nothing. Because he could see himself when he looked at Jesus. What the Lord wanted him to be. He considered everything else like nothing. He considered everything a loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, the Lord. He considered them waste because of Jesus. When you look at Jesus, you can see what God the Father wanted us to be at the beginning. When he said, let us create men in our image. You know, Jesus came not only to save us from sin or from hell. Jesus also came to show us what we were supposed to be and what we will be. That's when you look at Jesus. When you take the time to look at Jesus and what He did, what He has done, the way that He handled problem, the way that, you know, all the... Problem in his life, the way that he handled these things. He was calm. He was Zen. Right? Jesus, you know, the winds came, you know, the flood, the guy was sleeping. He was sleeping. Be quiet. The problems came. He was sleeping. And when he woke up, you're quiet. Winds and winds had to be quiet. Because that was the plan of God to dominate on everything. Right at the beginning of creation. That was he wasn't the plan of the Father. And when you look at Jesus, that's the plan God had right at the beginning of creation. And today we don't dominate. Today we are scared. Whatever the, the other thing. <gasps> We're scared of death. We're scared of being healed. We're scared of being poor. We're scared of being not loved. We're scared of everything. Everything. We're living a scary life. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to see we are, we are living a scary life. because of sin because of sin when Paul met Jesus he considered everything as Paul our dignity is not in anything else but Jesus we do not have to define ourselves in the eyes of others we do not need to be trustworthy in the things in this world and what we do When God redeems, he also gives a new identity. This new identity is in the image of God. And if you want to know who you really are, you need to know who Jesus is. He is the way, the truth, and life. He is also what you are calling to be. Because that's what the Lord had right in mind, right at the beginning of the creation. Jesus came to transform us. Here is what John, 1 John 3 said. 1 John 3 verse 2 said, Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For, for we shall see him as he is. That's the plan. God has never changed the plan. The plan has never changed. That's the same plan. Wow, this is so excited. This is so excited. Whatever the thing that you will live in your life, don't worry about it. Your father is dying, don't say, Yeah, no, no, yes. But it's not the end of it. Because the plan of God does not change, He has His plan on mine. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. He came to save us from sin and from eternal hell. Yes. Jesus came also to show us what was life was supposed to look like and his perfection. God, Jesus is the invisible, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So the same way, the God, God sent Jesus. Jesus was the greatest sent one. He was sent to honor His Father, to reestablish, to reconcile us with the Father, and to take us and make us part of the family of God again. Because the relationship was broken because of one who believed that he was good enough to be God. And God sent Jesus to restore everything. Jesus was the greatest sent one. And today, you are the second sent one. If Jesus is the first, you are the second. Because look at what he said. And, And John 20. Jesus said to his disciples, and john twenty verse twenty one has the father has sent me i also sending you he is the first second sent one you are the second that 's your identity that 's who you are that 's your calling the Lord is calling you not just to Go to work, make money, prepare your retirement. And after that, so many trouble in your flesh and you get sick, hospital, everything that you work for just vanished. And your grandchildren and daughters were crying for you. And after that, they will enjoy whatever that you have worked for. That's, That's life. That's what it is. And we are happy about it and we are repeating this cycle of life. Whatever your age. Are you young? Whatever are you old? I don't know how in Quebec we don't people don't like when we, we say old. We have to say the golden age. It has has to be more poetic things. And whatever the Lord is calling you for a greater purposes. He is giving you, He is, He blessed you the same way that He blessed Adam and Eve. Today He blessed you. Those blessings are not an end in, in, in themselves. They are tools that the Lord gives you to fulfill the reason why you are on earth. Here is what Jesus said. Use mammon To make friends. When it comes to, when those things will miss life, whatever, and they will receive you in the eternal tabernacle. The life that you have. The years that you have. These things are not an end in in itself. The age, whatever what you have. These things are tools that the Lord gives you. The knowledge that you have. The person that you are. Whatever that you, you have and I have, these are tools that the Lord provides you to fulfill your, the reason why you were born in this world. Because those things will end. And the, God, the Almighty will tell you, good and faithful servant, come and the kingdom of your master. I would like to hear that. I think you would like to hear that too. too. Even that you are young, you can turn upside down America, this country for Christ. You need to fill this country with the gospel of Jesus. You need to fill this country with the love of Jesus. You need to fill this country with the hope of what is coming. God is calling you not to be part of a, a kingdom, a wall government things you know that you know everything will be together one world government it seems to be good today and we are just working into that but god is calling you for greater things god is calling you to be part of the cosmic government do you know what he will do he will take what is on earth and what is in heaven and put them together and the only king that will reign is jesus and you will be beside him. You will govern with him. That's the plan. That's the plan, my brother and sister. The reason why the Lord bless you is to prepare you for a greater purposes, even that you old, you young, your kids, whatever your age, God is calling you to be part of this plan for His glory. And the day will come, we will be with the angels, the superpowers. We will be beside them. And we will worship our Lord Jesus. And we will reign with Him forever and ever. There will be no cry, no death, nothing. All this thing will be passed. And there will be a new earth. Maybe we will call it America, I don't know. Uh, But... It will be awesome. And the Lord is calling you to be part of it. The same way he wants Adam to be part of it. How do we do it? I will show you a few uh, pictures. And the Mount Bellevue, uh, the, the mission of our church in Mount Bellevue is to pursue the glory of God by making disciples who make disciples, by developing leaders who develop leaders, By planting church to develop, who plant churches. Um, The Mount Mount Bellevue community is the poorest sector of the city of Sherbrooke. Families live below the poverty line. And some people are coming from different countries. So we don't have to go overseas. God sent them to us. Isn't it good? We don't have to go overseas. He sent them to us so we can... Share the gospel with him, with them. So as a church, we want to show compassion to our community in the name of Jesus. We want to work with them in every season of their lives and to tell them, tell them how much Jesus loves them and wants to save them. We use many platforms to reach those and to reach and to serve. One of the first platforms that we use. Um, that's, this is a picture that, of what we call the Young Explorer Club. It's a club for kids of 5 to 12 years old. So we would use uh, sports, we will use, use, use stories and many other things to share the gospel. And also, what we do once a year, we will do a, a huge uh, barbecue. We would invite the whole community. So sometimes the kids would invite their families or friends to share uh, something. With, with us. That's the, the second platform. The other one, we have a place, a school that we rent to receive uh, and to serve the community. And another platform is a youth group from 13 to 17 that we also serve, um, that we have to serve. And we have a third one, a girls' group. I know that the girls always like to be together. Why not? It's all good. So that girl, the one with uh, the green shirt on the right, um, we had, um, my wife is the one who is leading that group, and uh, they were sharing together, and she raised her hand and said, if it was not because of you, I would commit suicide. And, and so many had different Issues, but because we were there and wanted to tell them how Jesus loved them, those lives were saved. And we also have young adult groups. Uh, The young adult groups is for eighteen plus, so we're trying to reach every ages. Um, It's you know we don't have a specific method. But what we want to do, whatever the platform that the Lord is giving us, we want to use it to make disciples and to share the love of Christ and to tell them how much Jesus loved them. And another uh, platform that we use is a lunch club. Uh, some students uh, would go to school. It's for high school. Some of them don't have money. They don't bring, bring lunch. So what we are trying to do is to provide a meal, just make a difference. So we would, the only thing that we do, they come, they eat, and they go back to school uh, during the lunch lunchtime. Um, so we had one uh, Friday. So we had over 20, 23 uh, young people that come to have a lunch. So right now, we're doing it once a month. So we would like to do it once uh, a week. So we don't have the resources yet. But the Lord, it's not my problem. It's God's problem because... This is his thing it 's not my thing, so he will provide any his time uh, just to give you an idea of the community of the church it 's a mixed church, uh, the other picture um, that we have uh, so it 's just a part of, of our group and our church. It was a, um, a night that we did to thank them for their involvement and in ministry and that's the, other, the other picture is, uh, is the building that we bought. It was an old restaurant. We used to prepare food for the body. And now, guess what? We prepare food for the soul. Amen. That's what it is. So that's we plan. We want to transform that building into that. So why we want to do that is to have uh, some room for Sunday school, nursery, nurseries and also for the youth group, so we don't have enough space for that. So we're praying uh, that the Lord will provide for that. And the total cost, it's about 300,000 Canadian, I think and American dollars is 234,000. So you can pray also for us. And Nam has, uh, has um, a page for us on their website. If you would like to, to support or to, to help, you can always go to the uh, missionary, um, to NAM missionary, and you can, full my, uh, you can um, put my full name. And so you will have that if you would like to, to provide and also to participate in what we are doing. Why are we doing, doing that, this? It's because we know that all these things will pass. And one day, the true thing will come. What will come is to be with our Lord Jesus. And before the earth and whatever what we have just will be destroyed, we want to use them well to honor our Lord. I hope that you realize your value in the eyes of God. And also, I hope that you will also see people differently and you will see them through the eyes of the Almighty One. And sometimes you, you might see difficult situation that you cannot change. You might feel powerless. But there is something that you can do. You can pray and ask the Almighty One to give you what it takes to help. May the Lord bless you. Thank you very much. I will ask...
0: As we come to our time of invitation, if God has dealt with your heart today, if you don't know this Jesus, to come to know him as Lord and Savior, we invite you in just a few moments to come and step forward uh, as uh, we, uh, Pastor Joe will be here and I'll be here to pray with you. But if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior, to use this time to stir your heart, to be more in love with him and to live for him and to realize that we all are to be on mission. So let's pray together and then we'll begin uh, an invitation song. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are good to us, that you are faithful We thank you for the word in which we have heard, Lord, how you have stirred our hearts to think uh, more like you taught us to think and how we're supposed to think, uh, seeing people not as just sinners, but people who are made in the image of God that sin has done something to. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be on mission for you and that you'd guide us and direct us, Lord, uh, to be about your business uh, each and every day, to be your missionaries as you've created us for this purpose. Lord, now we pray as we come to this time of invitation that you'd stir us and guide us and direct us to decisions of commitment for you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.